You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery, and I'm excited for another amazing episode. So we are, what is today's date? It is the 12th, and this is the 12th episode in a row. Last night's was tough. Got it in right, I mean, literally, I think it was 11.57 p.m. when it posted. So tonight it's 9.15 when I'm shooting this. I've got about another three hours of schoolwork done in order to get the essay up into the software so I can turn it in. And I wanted to discuss with you guys today this really awesome philosophical conversation I got in to with Tom Rigsby. And uh, he is my brother's father-in-law, and I am his son-in-law's brother. And we have discussed him in the past when we discuss uh, priority for focus. And anybody who's a client of mine has been introduced to the P4F system. It's how you prioritize one thing a day with four things that you focus on throughout the day while you are awaiting your priority to show up. And so Tom and I, uh, we have lots of really cool discussions. I work with him over at American Contingency, which is an organization that helps people get prepared for uh, natural disasters, uh, man-made disasters, any kind of situation that might put somebody into a crisis moment. We, uh, well, He runs the organization. He hired me to do the blogs and to do the podcast. So if you've ever wanted to hear me talk about something that's not sobriety and recovery related, go to your favorite podcasting app and type in American Contingency. And it's got an American flag logo and click it on and you will hear my voice talking about preparation. And it's a pretty cool uh, show. I love doing it. It's something that I really find enjoyable to be a part of with Tom. And so today we're talking about how to get people involved in preparing for crisis moments. Um, You know, a lot of people might think of this company as a prepper company, Um, you know, that connotation may have gotten a bad rap in the 90s when everybody was talking about building underground bunkers in their lives. But overall, the idea behind being prepared is that you think about as many contingencies as can come along. And you do your best at preparing for them, realizing that, you know, the chaos of uncertainty that happens in any moment that is considered a crisis situation is going to leave variables unexplored previously that you are now in that moment going to need to find a solution for. And so as he and I are discussing this today... Um, he starts to say some things that really sound like a podcast episode for y'all for from sobriety to recovery. And we got, got into this idea of comfort zone versus the uncomfort zone and getting people to shift from their comfort zone into that feeling of uncomfortability, which is way more comfortable when you're seeking to make changes in your life. And as the conversation progressed, we continued to circle back to this idea that the reason people don't leave their comfort zone is because the comfortability is in the known outcome. The comfortability is in the known outcome. I'll say it again because repetition is the best way to learn things. Comfortability is in the known outcome. So when you find yourself desiring to shift something in your life and you consider what you're currently doing as your comfort zone, even if you're uncomfortable, whether you're looking at your life and you're like, I drink too much, I do too many drugs, I weigh too much, I spend too much money, I don't work hard enough, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is you're looking to shift. And you continuously go back to the same behavior that you've already decided you're sick and tired of. 
It's because of that known outcome. The mind wants to seek pleasure, but more so it wants to get away from pain. And if there is a perceived pain in the unknown outcome that comes from stepping outside of your uncomfort zone and moving into an uncomfortable zone, then the mind's going to perceive that pain as being something it doesn't want to go near. And this is all back from caveman era when we were all, you know, afraid to leave the cave because the saber-toothed cat or the woolly mammoth would stomp on us or we'd eat the poison berry or the gigantic snake or the humongous mosquito would carry us away, right? There was a reason why we were so afraid of things all the time. Because much like anyone who's made a joke about Australia where everything wants to kill you, back in the day, everything really did want to kill you. And now, now all that stuff just lives on in Australia because it's an island that you know didn't have the same kind of effects as all of the mass migrations that the main continents did. Anyways, we're not going to get into a geological or topo- topography or historical <laughs> analysis of the continents and how their shifting has caused the certain creatures to evolve the way they have. But certainly, we as humans evolved the way that we did because of perceived threats. And you do not hardwire a fear of threats and pain into a species such as ours that has the opportunity to utilize critical thinking and can actually voice their emotions and can create issues where perhaps none actually exist just through our communication. You don't do all of that with a species like ours and then just expect over the last 50, 70 years since things have relatively evened out since World War II for us all of a sudden be able to break thousands of years of ingrained habits. I mean, this is stuff that's literally being passed down in our DNA. So how do we begin to shift ourselves into moving ourselves okay how do we shift ourselves into a space where the unknown is actually where it's comfortable that this fear of the unknown isn't what keeps us in our comfort zone so i've come up with some pointers let's rock into them first you have the power of choice in your emotional health right staying in your comfort zone is a choice driven by fear of the unknown so stepping out can lead to better emotional management and growth. But first, you have to decide that you're willing to face the uncertainty that comes in the uncomfort zone from just shifting yourself from the known outcome to the unknown outcome. And here's the kicker. We're doing this a lot in our lives. We do this when we go to a networking meeting or when we go to a addiction recovery meeting or hell, when we get in the car to drive to a freaking Walmart to buy groceries, there's a ton of unknown. What we're seeking to do within ourselves, whether we realize it or not, is balance the fear of the unknown with the certainty of that unknown. And what do I mean by that? I can feel relatively comfortable knowing if I get in my car and go to drive the four minutes to the neighborhood Walmart to buy some groceries that nothing bad is going to happen. I will make sure no cars are coming in either direction. I will turn out into the street in a safe manner. I will drive the four minutes straight. I will make sure when I turn left that I once again make sure that there are no cars that could possibly hurt me. I will park my car. I will watch out for cars till I get into the store. I won't on purposely pull a shelf down on top of myself. I will go get the groceries, put them in the cart, not throw anything high up into the air and then stand underneath it as it falls. I will pay for my stuff. I'll go back in the car and I'll just reverse all those instructions that I just told you on how I got there in order to get home. That's a certainty around that unknown. 
But when we go to step into sobriety and recovery, there is a lot of unknown that can feel scary. Because for years, we have been doing the same thing over and over and over again. And even if it's been giving us the same shitty result, at least it's a result we're familiar with. At least it's a result we've already figured out an answer for. When I went on seven-day benders and my body finally decided to start vomiting up water because it was like, dude, seriously, nothing else is coming inside this vessel. Then I went into my typical five-day recovery pattern. And I knew what to expect each one of those days. So then after a while, it just became normal to bend for seven days and then write myself for five days, bend for seven, write for five. And it just became this cycle I repeated for years. So when I first moved into sobriety and recovery, I realized that I was going to have to really begin to cultivate my growth mindset versus what I had been feeling in this horrible comfort zone I created for myself. So the first thing I want you to know is the power of choice in your emotional health, that this choice you have to stay where you're at, even though you're sick and tired of it, is driven by fear of the unknown. And as you begin to take even the tiniest of steps, even pushing the use of your drug of choice or your booze of choice back another hour, if you normally start at five, you don't start till six, even that little bit of unknown is building your emotional management and it's offering growth. Number two, we want to be thinking about our growth mindset and versus our comfort zone, right? Growth mindset says that we can embrace new challenges, that we can embrace the unknown and that we will figure it out versus the comfort zone where it's predictable. And this is where we're hindering our personal development. And what's really interesting, and I want you to notice this in yourself, is how many times have you backed yourself up against a wall and figured a way out of that situation? You may have gotten arrested for some stupid stuff. You may have spent all your money on drugs and all of a sudden you needed rent money or cell phone money. We as addicts have a very intense drive at figuring things out when shit's hit the fan, when the back's against the wall, when you know the bullets are metaphorically whizzing by our head. I have shifted myself into somebody who can figure out how to get all of these things set up so I don't find myself back against the wall. I can find the urgency in myself by making a deadline that only exists to me. And I think that's what has helped so many people, even some of my younger clients, the ones just out of college or currently in college, they have decided that they want to make massive changes in their lives and they've set up an urgency level to that, that exists really only to them because nobody else cares about your urgency. Yeah, I'm sure there's people in your life that would like you to stop using, that would like to be sober so they could get a different version of you. But that urgency, no matter how many times they yell or scream at you, has to be something that you choose to internally feel. And it's got to be coming from you. That's the growth mindset, is realizing that when in the past, when your back's been pushed up against the wall, you have figured a way out. Why don't you just put a metaphorical wall behind you and feel like that urgency's there, even if it's not necessarily there or even noticeable for anybody else, but you've created it because we are creating stories in our head all the time anyways. Why not actually create stories that benefit us? Number three, overcoming the fear of the unknown. I want you to think about this inherent fear and uncertainty that is all around us in life no matter what. So as you begin to take these little tiny steps into sobriety, pushing back your using an hour, having a five-minute conversation that could be really uncomfortable with someone, but it's a conversation that needs to be had, you overcome fear by facing fear. Courage isn't a lack of fear. It is 
merely having the ability to move through the fear. I don't think that there's ever a person on this planet, and I will use ever, I will use a universal quantify. I don't think there has ever been a person without fear unless they've just got a chemical imbalance in their brain. There has not been a person who does not have fear. It's the ability to move through the fear regardless that turns people courageous. Your heart rate's going to go up. Your pupils are going to dilate. Your blood is going to flow more rapidly. Your muscles are going to tense up. You are going to be in that fight or flight scenario. But whenever you're ready to fight through something, that's when the fear is there, but you summon up the courage and you rush at it anyways. This is how you've heard stories about people running into burning buildings or picking up cars in order to save somebody. That adrenaline gets in and there is nothing that could stop that person in that moment from accomplishing what's in front of them. The more you align yourself with this idea that courage is merely facing the fear and moving through it, the more fearsome you'll be, right? Fearsome as in I can tackle that. I can move on to that. Overcoming fear of the unknown is about moving through the fear, walking with the fear. Number four I want you to be thinking about is the role of positive reframing. Now, we talk a lot about reframing where, you know, something like when I broke my leg that led to the six months of alcohol abuse that led me to sobriety. That day I broke my leg, I literally thought it was the worst day of my life. And six months later, as I'm checking myself into Kaiser, I'm realizing that that was the day that my alcoholism saw an opportunity to destroy me. And a month or so later, I remember being in a meeting with a bunch of people at Kaiser being like, it turns out that was the best day of my life because it was the day I allowed addiction to take over the wheel of my life and it drove me off of a cliff and I miraculously had a parachute packed in the trunk, put it on and launched out before I exploded at the bottom of the ravine. And now here I am with this opportunity to reshape and reformulate my life in ways I never thought possible all because I broke my leg, got stuck in bed for three days, and tried to drink myself to death. I have positively spun that story. So now that pain and the agony I was going through from August and September and October, and even in November when I first started going back to work, I've reframed that. Rather than dwelling on negatives that happened in my life, I spin them so that they feel more positive, so I can see the potential that they opened up within me. It's not lying to ourselves whenever we decide to reframe something. And in fact, oftentimes, we're lying to ourselves about the thing that we think is the truth. It's not actually the truth. It's what we have chosen to see as the truth, even though there was tens, if, if not hundreds of different ways to see that situation. Right? If you, if you don't think that there's a field because you've been standing behind a tree the entire time, take a step left or right and you'll see the field. That's reframing. It's just choosing to see it from a different angle. Number, let's see, where are we at on my little list? I just wrote out like a couple bullet points, and here we go, just winging it. Um, continuous improvement as a lifestyle, as continuous improvement as a lifestyle through decision making. So we want to be making decisions. And number two principle in my book, and if you've ever been interested in getting a hold of my book, you can type in College Success Habits into Amazon or my name, Jesse Mogul. I pop up. I think I'm also at Barnes & Noble and Walmart, amongst other places. But I know the first place I was on was Amazon. So feel free to go over there and get my seven powerful principles to excel in life. And number two was be decisive. I want you to make decisions. Make decisions and then make promises to yourself about about seeing that decision through. When I chose to get sober, I kept booze in my room. I've talked about this story for six weeks until I gave it to my roommate. 
because I wanted to make sure I was serious. Even something most recent, like when I'm in the shower and I decide I'm going to do a podcast every day, I didn't think of the ramifications of that, how much time it would take, how much preparation, you know, making sure they always got posted up at some point in time during the day. What was I going to talk about? How was I going to be able to fill that? How long would they be? All that stuff. No, I just like, I'm going to do a podcast every day. And then on Monday, I decided, last Monday, I decided I was going to do two workouts every single day. And it got broken today. Well, it's 9.31, so I'm not saying it's completely broken, but I definitely haven't done either workout because I've been gone for since 7 a.m. But I committed to it. And if I don't get it in today, that's fine. I'll start it back up tomorrow. But I'm decisive. I decide I want to do something, and I figure out how I'm going to do it along the way. And I know some people will could say, well, that's not how you've always been. I honestly don't remember. I remember being decisive about graduating from the University of Florida. And regardless of the fact that I got, I know I got kicked out once. And I think I had to beg my way back in a second time. But I knew I was going to make that degree happen. I've wanted jobs at places. And even if I didn't get the job there, I went and found one of their competitors and got that job. When I make a decision, I figure out a way along the journey to make it happen. Whether it looks exactly like I had envisioned it before I ever took the first step is actually less of a consequence to me than actually just being on the journey, building my own business around helping people through NLP and addiction recovery and college mental health and all of this other stuff. They're just ideas that I have. And certain ones stick and other ones are just released into the ethers. But either way, I'm decisive. I'm going to do this thing and then I just figure it out along the way. Decision making in your recovery life will lead to continuous improvement. Just make a decision, promise it to yourself, and then hold your word to yourself. Yes, there's going to be emotional ebbs and flows. There's going to be surges on one day and you're going to feel lackluster on another. I don't allow my temporary mood to stop me from my long-term commitments. My mood is like a cloud in the sky. Right now, I could feel one way, and then in 10 minutes, the girlfriend comes in and, you know, gives me a hot cocoa and a cookie, and all of a sudden, I'm like, yay, hot cocoa and cookie, and I'm in a better mood. Like, moods are just, it's wind. It's here, it's there, it's gone, it's in a boat, it's floating down the river, it's over the waterfall, like it never existed. I don't let my temporary mood, my temporary emotions take me off the path of my long-term commitments. Because the bitch of it'll be is if I stop doing something I've committed to today because I'm not in a good mood, I won't remember what mood I was in on a Monday when I didn't accomplish this one particular thing. But I will be very aware in seven days or 77 days or 700 days when I haven't accomplished that thing I once told myself I really wanted. And here I am still without even a modicum of some result. I'll know what it feels like to have that disappointment in myself, but I will not remember the mood I was in on the day I decided to stop doing that thing for myself. Do not let temporary emotions and moods throw you off course. Yes, lapses and slight little setbacks are going to happen. Get back up on the horse and trudge on. Like an NFL quarterback, forget the last play. Last play is the last play. Yeah, it sucks that Dippo... Kadarius Tony was one foot over the stupid line and cost the Chiefs the game. But you know what? You got to move on to the next play because there's only so much screaming and yelling you can do. They're not going to change the ruling they made. Same thing with you. You made a decision, live with it in the moment, and then decide that you're going to get back up on it and start back into that journey. 
because you're not starting back at baseline zero. You're starting where you had stopped previously. Just get back in there. Fucking tough it out. Moods are fleeting. Commitments and accomplishment. That's how fucking people get statues made for them. And the last one, embracing change for long-term benefits. I really just want you to understand that when you embrace this idea of change and you take on new challenges, you are going to feel long-term satisfaction in your life. And happiness will come with that. And joy and elation and all of those other amazing feelings. And again, those are just as fleeting as any other emotion. It's the rumination that we do over and over and over again about our disappointments in ourselves, about our pains from the past, about our sufferings and traumas. It's the rumination. It's the reliving it over and over and over and over again in our head that causes us to get stuck where we're at, where we're standing still. When we decide to take on new challenges, even if it's just one little tiny step forward, even if it's not screaming for five more minutes today or not picking up the beer for an extra 10 minutes or, you know, not doing, you know, one little extra, one little less hit of the marijuana or the kratom or the crack or the meth or the LSD or whatever it might be, one little less. You get to decide what your one little tiny step is. And at some point, hedonistic adaptation will kick in and that little step won't be enough and you'll want two steps. And then a little bit later, it'll be three steps. And then a little bit later, it'll be seven steps. That will bring you a sense of satisfaction. Then you get to feel the accomplishment. And I'll talk later on in a different episode about making sure that we celebrate the small things. I'm even writing it down. Celebrate tiny victories. Because it's in that celebration. It's in that little confetti like we send in the tribe. Somebody does something great. We send memes of confetti, right? It's in that moment you get confetti. I say I say it to people in my normal life. They'll say something and I'll be like, hell yeah, you get confetti. And if I got their phone number on my phone, I will literally send them a confetti meme. You get confetti. Celebrate that. The tiniest victories when mounted one after another, after another, after another, become these gargantuan accomplishments. It can become this immense sense of satisfaction and happiness within yourself. Staying in your comfort zone because it's a known outcome is the lazy way out because it's just standing still. I get it. I have done this in my past. Hell, I got things I'm currently working through where I know I am standing still in this because it's a known outcome. And what's on the other side? I have no idea. But I'm about sick and tired of standing in the shit of some of these known outcomes. And I would rather jump over the fence and find out that it's got just as much shit, but at least it's different shit. (laughs) It's like the grass is always greener on the other side because that's where the cows poop kind of thing. It's like, yeah, you may get over there and find out the, the new job or the new relationship or the new hobby or the new this, that, or the other isn't any better than the old thing that you had. But at least you got used to trying something new. You started to build that habit. Because then the next new thing you want to take on won't seem as scary. That's summoning your courage in the face of fear, making a choice, following through on it, and then see where it leads you. Even if it leads you to another decision point where you have to jump over another fence and there might be cow shit over there too. But just keep jumping fences until you, until you find the yard that brings you the most joy. And then invite all your friends over for a party. Just tell them that BYOB now means bring your own beverages, not booze. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober.
and I really mean that. Shout out, shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Glow on. We'll see you next time. Hey, do you want to be in the tribe? Do you want some one-on-one coaching? Are you interested in some of the things that I have created within the From Sobriety to Recovery universe? You should go to jessemogul.com slash ask me. Click on one of those links. Fill out the Google form. I'll get a hold of you. We'll get on a phone call. We'll figure some things out. Hey, that's a whole lot of unknown. And I promise you, it's super comfortable over here. All right, my friends. Now I say goodbye.